0: Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keen, the senior pastor. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Well, good morning, everybody. Let's give the Lord a great hand. Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand. Come on, let's give the Lord a great, great... We can do a bit better for Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, let's praise Him. Come on. Come on, He's worthy. Come on, He's worthy. Come on, He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we give You all the praise. We give You all the honour. And Lord, I just pray today, Father, that Lord, in our house today, Father, You would just touch everybody, speak to everybody. I just pray for a supernatural anointing on all of us, Father, right now, Lord, individually and corporately to fulfil the promise and the purpose that You have for us. Lord, there's a promise of a great future for Global Heart Church, but there's a promise of a great future for everybody's lives. So I pray, Father, let that come to pass. And I pray, Lord, as we share around Your Word, open everybody's hearts. Open our eyes. Let us uh, hear from your word, Father. I pray, speak to everybody. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would take a step, Lord, maybe for the first time into your purpose and plan. Firstly, your plan of salvation. And then Father, together we might step into the plan that You have for us as a church family. Thank You, Lord, we're in miracle territory. Thank You for what You're doing around the world right now through Global Heart Church. Father, I just pray, let it increase God. Let it increase God. Let it be to Your glory. And Father, we just pray that You would, Lord, continue to I pray prosper Your people here. That Father, we might be blessed to be a blessing. Thank You, Lord, we get to serve the children all around the world, Lord, through compassion, Rwanda specifically. Thank You, Lord, for now we are serving people in the nations, Lord, and Lord, we're loving them by bringing the Gospel to them. So Father, we just pray. Let us be Your hands and feet, Lord. And I pray for everybody who's just putting their hand at the plough right now, Lord, in Your missions for 2023. Lord, just let there be supernatural blessing and supernatural favour. Pray too, Lord, anybody who doesn't know You today, Lord, let today be the day they come to know You. Father, we just give You all the praise. We give You all the thanks. In Jesus' mighty Name and everybody said together, Amen. Let's give the Lord another great hand, everybody. Give the Lord another great hand. Amen. Why don't you just tell somebody near you, it's so nice to be sitting near you and just bless them with some encouragement. You can grab your seats. Amen. Well, you just saw uh, some of our campuses around the world now that we're serving and a miracle's breaking out. Montreal right there. For those who don't know, uh, when I went to Montreal and I did lay hands on that building with Don and his wife and said, let's believe for this building. And uh, when we said to them, let's talk about uh, negotiating the finance, they and all the other people who I spoke to said to me, we don't negotiate on buildings in Quebec. And I went, what do you mean? And they said, well, we don't negotiate. They might paint the building for you, but they don't negotiate. So I just did what I always do and just ignored it for the higher influence of God's Word. Anyway, and uh, so I said, oh, that's nice, wow. And said to Spencer, we're in miracle territory, go and get a big discount off. And Spencer said, amen, Pastor Jared. And so now it looks like it's actually 50% off. It's what we're dealing with, 50%. So God's a miracle worker, everybody. God, come on, he, God goes beyond uh, barriers with countries and God can do a miracle where the miracle's needed. So give the Lord another hand for that. It really is a big miracle. And uh, if you haven't yet been a part of our missions faith promises coming up for 2023, you still have an incredible opportunity. And I really want to encourage you put your hand to the plow, put your finances to the plow, because when you start sowing into what God has called us to do, listen, the blessing of God comes on you in ways that, you know, are beyond, you know, beyond counting. They're not just financial ways, but in all ways in your life. And uh, so I really want to encourage everybody be praying, be a part of it. And Psalm 133, the Bible says, where there's unity, God commands the blessing. And as I've said before, you can speak a blessing, you can pray a blessing, but you cannot command a blessing. The Bible says God actually commands it when we're in unity. And uh, so we're in unity, not with our ideas. Uh, you heard the other day, somebody said, what's our strategy and, uh, from another church? And we said our strategy. Well, what we do is our strategy is to listen to God and then obey Him. But we do not sit down and going, oh, well, let's come up with a strategy to come up with church plans. No, we are like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And then uh, we you mm-hmm. Pray and work to do what God's asking us to do. So that's what we're doing. So everybody so can I encourage you step up? And uh, this is your moment to be part of something great and to do something great. But I just want to encourage everybody, be believing to release a new level of faith because there are people around the world now whose lives are being impacted by uh, us here in Perth, helping them. And as I said before, all of our campuses are gonna be great resource centres, ultimately, Lusaka for Africa. Um, Melbourne's gonna be a great, I just believe they're gonna be a great resource to a lot lot of things that we're doing, but so will Germany and so will Montreal. So we're gonna, they're going to be resource centres, but right now we're really sowing into them and then you watch them become a blessing uh, into the nations where we have gone to. In Jesus' name. One lady just flew in from our church from Zambia and I just asked her, would she stay for the second service? Chabu, a big welcome to you and we're so glad to have you here. So can you invite Chabu to come and say hi? Come on, Chabu. Come on, church family. From Global Heart Zambia. Chabu. So, Chaba's been there. You've been there a long time now. Yeah. And uh, I just said to Chaba, she was in the first service. Her brother lives here. So, she's here hanging out with the brother for a couple of months, right? Yes. Three months, yeah. But I just saw it just before I left, right? Yeah. And she's in our key team there with her sister. And uh, Chaba plays a great part. Like, you're involved in across the board, right? Mm-hmm. It's across the board. So I just said to her, could you not leave and just say hi to everybody? Because uh, you you got Global Heart family here from Zambia. And, uh, and I just wanted to say hi. So, Chabo, it's great to have you here. Thank you. And just take your mic up to that. Let me just Thank like that. Thank you. Yeah, great. Yeah. And how is church in Zambia? How is it? It's so awesome, it's so awesome. Just keep it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go I'm I, not I know, used to the Well done.
1: Yeah, Church in Zambia is so awesome. We're so thankful for your giving. It's doing a lot in Zambia, and we can't wait to have our own building and I've seen the vision. I was so um, uh, anxious, you know, to be in church, Global Heart Path. It's been my prayer that I should be there. One day I should see Global Heart Path. And today being here, oh my God. I can't believe it. I'm so thankful to God for making it possible. And Global Heart Lusaka is so awesome. You you sent us the best. Pastor Lisa and Liam are so awesome. Yeah, thank you.
0: Do we need a building there?
1: It's too much, too much. We can't wait to have our own building. So far we're in the cinema and, uh, you know, you have to run with their time. You have to, 12 hours, you have to be out and... So it's so overwhelming to run with their time, but we can't wait to have our own building so that we have more time to ourselves and um, much activity, because we're limited to what we can do, renting, yeah. So having our own will be awesome, yeah. Chabu, we're glad to have you here
0: from the family from Zambia. A big welcome and we hope you have a great three Thank months you. with us and thanks for just sharing, Hey, Thank So you. good. Give Chabu a big hand, everybody, again. <laughs> we have great family all over the world. And as you just saw with Chabu, she's a great representation of our family in Zambia. So, so good to have you here. Uh, Everybody, next week, uh, you just saw on the screen, uh, Influential is on and that's for everybody who, I believe everybody in church is called to be an influence in the community, but I believe if you're a business person, you're a school teacher, whatever you are, if you're influencing other people, um, this event is for you. And then we've got Jade Lewis there as well. Jade's going to be here um, with Paul Scanner and Jade, uh, for those who don't know, Jade was... uh, an addict, she was uh, had massive issues in her life. Got saved, and then now she uh, people don't really know what Jade's been doing, but she's been starting so many uh, um, volunteer and help agencies. And uh, she's really an entrepreneur. That's what she really is. And so she's going to be talking about her entrepreneurial skills and abilities, what you need in the kingdom. But also, she's been very honoured in our state for all that she's done. So we love Jade. She's going to be here. And then Paul Scanlan's a great leader in community. Communicator. And uh, he's going to be coming in via satellite and we're going to be hearing from him. And then our other campuses apparently are also linking into the event for the first time. So that's going to be awesome. So you can get your ticket to that today. It's going to be nine o'clock next Saturday right here. And, uh, and we're hearing from two outstanding people. So that would be really, really powerful. Uh, so plan to come and maybe bring in Unsafe friend too, which would be really, really good as well in Jesus name. Also to just one last thing is November the 13th, everybody, when Pastor Rodder, here. Uh, plan to be here for that weekend too. Rod, sometimes you hear people talk about apostles and this person's an apostle. That person's R- well, Rod is actually a real apostle and uh, he's an apostle to Asia. He didn't name himself that. I'm naming him that. You always know the real apostles. They never call themselves that. Anyway, but he really is. He's been an apostle to Asia for decades now and his impact uh, with, along with uh, Vivian, his wife, Uh, And the church is now, it's like 16 campuses in Japan or something. It's huge. And they're online. And then also throughout Asia, he speaks fluent Thai. His Japanese is pretty jolly good. He says it's not that good, but I think it's great. And, uh, but he's actually a real apostle. So we love him. And he's a great friend of mine and Sue's. So he's going to be here uh, on that weekend, everybody. But that weekend, just so you know, if you're making, everybody who likes to be organized ahead of time, I do. Anybody else? Uh, It's going to be Fridays at seven is normal but we're going to our summer service times for Sunday, which will be Sunday will be 8.30 and then 10.30. So 8.30 and 10.30 on the 13th. So if you want to take a note now, 8.30 and 10.30 starting on the 13th. Everybody who likes to be organised, you'll be turning up on time, which will be really helpful for you and really helpful for the service as well on the 13th. All right, well, just in line with everything that's happening right now in church, and Pastor Spencer just said it then from Montreal, Canada, we're in miracle territory. And uh, we're in miracle territory. And I'm believing for your life that you are gonna be in miracle territory in who God's called you to be, and also what you're having uh, and experiencing in your life. I don't know if you know this, you might've gone to church your whole life, but you may not know that God has got a plan for your life. Some people have gone to church, but they've never gleaned that there's actually a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And I love that because from a broken background where I gave my life to God as a teenager, at the end of my teen years, really that was the beginning as I put myself in God's house and Sue got saved. She also planted herself in God's house and then we got engaged and got married. From there, we have now for four decades watched God unfolding His plan and purpose, but just remember, we've also had to action it. That means we had to get into agreement with God that He saved us, and now He has a purpose and a plan. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So, everybody, the plan God has for you is much greater than anything you can come up with. But Sue and I had to get into agreement and say, God, even though we come from a broken life, if You can do something with us, do it. And then we had to action it as we went along and started uh, being committed to God's house and then ended up you know, just helping, serving in God's house, helping welcome people to church, all different things that were all on the journey to what God would have us do ultimately in His house and out of His house. So i am entitled my message today, living at the next level of God's plan. Living at the next level of God's plan. And I want to help you with some thoughts today on that. Living at the next level of God's plan. Because it doesn't just happen because we wish for it. It happens because, as I said, we get into agreement with God and then we are actioning what God's Word says. You know, I was reading Psalm 77 in the week and and I always have a smile to myself when I read some of the Psalms because I always think if I was God, I don't think I'd be putting some of these things in the Bible. So in the Psalms, you'll often see that you've got the psalmist having a meltdown or having it losing the plot over something. And I'm thinking, if I was God, I would not put that in my Bible. <laughs> I think I'd be doing a little whiteout or something with that one. But I love God because He includes in the Bible the Psalms where you will see a man of God who is now basically losing the plot over the problem or the pain in his life. And God includes it. Why does He do that? It's because God understands that we have frailties. God understands that we go through difficulties. God understands that we don't always deal with things well. And we don't always deal with things well emotionally. Anybody not dealt with things ever emotionally not well? The rest of you, I don't need to raise your hand. I know that you're all in the same boat with the rest of us. So what happens is in this Psalm, uh, suddenly faith has drained from the Psalmist. And in Psalm 77, he says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and yet I would not be comforted. (laughs) So the Psalmist is saying, I'm reaching out to God, but really I won't be comforted. I'm not gonna even allow God to comfort me. I'm not gonna let it happen. And it says, I remembered you, God, look at this, and I groaned. So I don't think it was a good groan. I think it was like, oh, you know, like kind of that kind of deal coming out of his spirit, frustrated. And he says, and I meditated and my spirit grew faint. So things are going downhill. And then he says to God, You kept me kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. So even there, the psalmist is blaming God for why he can't sleep. Why I can't close my eyes is because of you. So he he's losing the plot. Everybody, if that was your Bible and you were God, you probably like me would think, I'll just lose those verses. But God is saying, hey, I know that you struggle. I know that you're human. I know that you have pain. And I know that there's days where you fail and where you are, you know, you're not, you're not in a good place. You know what? You can cry out to God. God has got big shoulders everybody. You can bring to God your problems. You can bring to God your pain. You can bring God to God your hurt. You can you can bring to God even those things you think, well I just couldn't even say that. Well, you know what? God understands your humanity. And uh, and I love that because <laughs> that gives me hope and confidence that even when I'm not doing well and even when I've lost the plot that if I take my pain and take my anger even and turn it to, to God, it can become a prayer. So what's happening in the Psalms is the anger and the anguish is actually becoming a prayer. And God is actually including it in His Word to say, hey, listen, what starts out in humanity and hurt and pain and anger, it can become a prayer if you turn it to me. And that happens right here from verse 10. I'm just gonna read you a few more verses. Verse 10, the psalmist says, Then I thought, to this will I appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out His right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. He goes on and says, yes, Uh, hang on, He's he's having a wake up. I'm gonna remember your miracles of long ago. I'm gonna consider all your works. I'm gonna meditate. That means dwell on, think on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph." Wow, he's saying, hang on a minute. I'm gonna halt right here. I'm losing it emotionally. I'm pouring out my angst, I'm pouring out my anguish, but I'm gonna stop right here and I'm gonna begin to remember. I'm gonna begin to remember the God that I'm serving. I'm going to begin to remember who this God is. I'm going to begin to remember what this God has done, not just for me, but throughout history, in the lives of Christians all over the world and people all over the world. So can I encourage everybody right now, God's not angry with you when you start like failing or losing it or emotionally, you know, you're not in a good place. He just wants you to give it to Him. Just say, Lord, I give You my pain. Lord, I give You my disappointment. Lord, I give You my hurt. Lord, I give You my anguish. And then I think basically what happened is, is He gave it to God. The Holy Spirit starts helping you to remember. You start going, hang on a minute. Though this is my situation right now, I'm gonna begin to declare who God is and what He's done in Jesus' Name. So the Psalmist here, he's nursing it, he's cursing it and he's rehearsing it. Can I encourage everybody, don't nurse it and hang on to it forever. If you've been through pain, you've been through problems, who hasn't worked on the planet Earth? That is going to be life for everybody's going to have issues. Everybody's going to have days of pain, but everybody will have mountaintops as well. Don't forget that. But don't nurse it forever, what happened 10 years ago, what happened five years ago. We need to say, Lord, I'm giving it to You now. Don't keep cursing it. (laughs) Don't keep, oh, that was terrible, that was it. You don't know what might happen if you give it to God, how God might take it and turn it around. And use what you cursed for your benefit uh, in the days to come. And also He's rehearsing it. He just keeps going over it. He's going over it. He's like, oh, I couldn't even sleep. You got my, now you've got my eyes open. Like He's rehearsing, going over, going over. One of the best things you can learn to do, everybody, is and don't, I didn't say don't feel pain or feel fear or feel worried, but just don't keep going over it. We need to stop and say, right, Lord, I'm stopping now and I'm giving you this. Tell God what you're giving Him. Lord, I'm disappointed over my marriage. I'm disappointed over my children. I'm disappointed over that job. I thought that job was mine and I didn't get it. I thought that promotion was mine. It didn't come. Lord, I'm giving it to You. And when you give it to God, leave it with Him and say, Lord, I don't know if You could ever turn that around or do anything with that, but God, I just give it to You and I'm trusting You now that Lord, if You wanna turn it around at any point, You will. But if You don't, I leave it with You as well. You know, we need God, everybody, because life brings problems. You know, and you guys have heard me talk. If you've been in our church for a while, how uh, sometimes I hear pastors, you know, talking in different countries of the world, and it's, you got to be, you're, you're amazing. This is supernatural. Your year all the time. Everything's going to be amazing. And I'm thinking, you know, like, really, you've got to be so careful because we're in miracle territory, but at the same time, there's people in our church who have problems. Yeah. The people who run our church right now still have pain. Yeah. And so it's a bit like, you know, you'll see, um, you'll see sports people and they're, playing sport at a high level. You know, high level uh, sports people who've been paid a lot of money, but many times they've got injuries that no one knows about, yet they're playing sport or tennis or whatever with those injuries. Sometimes you can be serving God and you've got (laughs) some kind of injury uh, emotionally or something happened and you're having to play with pain. Can I encourage you, that God wants us to come to Him and keep learning to keep serving and walking with pain. The Bible doesn't promise that your life will be perfect. In fact, the Bible tells us that really when we're in pain, when life's imperfect, that God will be with us through the fire. Come on, He'll be through the fire. He'll walk you through. He never said you wouldn't have fire. He just said, ultimately, I'll take you through and you won't smell a smoke. He never, said, he never said you wouldn't have floods. You know, like terrible on the East Coast right now. Just so feel for everybody over there who's suffering from the floods. But the Bible talks about you can go through the flood, but you won't drown when you've got Jesus Christ in the centre. So God doesn't say you won't have a problem. He doesn't say it's not gonna be, uh, uh, you know, you'll never go through anything. He doesn't say it's gonna be a perfect life. He just says, when you go through, I'll be there. Put your, hand, put your hand in my hand and I'll walk you through the pain, the problem, the difficulty, the situation. And if you don't drop my hand, you don't bail. Don't bail, everybody. Don't bail in the time of discomfort. Hold God's hand and keep walking. God says He's going to bring you through into a place of victory and freedom in Jesus' Name. You know, so God wants us to believe Him. And He wants us to be believing in that what He has said in His Word for our lives is true in Jesus' Name. You know, believe, the definition means to accept as true or real, to credit with veracity, to expect or suppose, to have firm faith, I like that, to have faith, confidence, trust in the truth or value of something. Can I say the truth or value of someone? God wants us to believe in Him, put our trust in Him. And, uh, and I like what Rick Warren said too. He said, you are made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. You're made by God and for God, until you understand that, life will never make sense. So my life, the beginning of my life, was my childhood was just so difficult, so abusive, so challenging. But when I gave my life to, to the Lord, then God began to work in my life and actually began to even use my childhood. So I said to my brother, I just uh, said in the last, it was when I had a uh, holiday with my brother this year, my younger brother, we had a week together. And I just said to my younger brother, can you remember our, any good times with our dad? I asked my younger brother, just a question, can you remember, he's a good thinker, I said, can you remember any good times with dad? And he said, I can't. And I thought, yeah, I can't really either but he was was thought about it for a while and he said, no, I can't. But you know, I look now and I think, wow, my life now, God has turned that around and God never wanted me to go through that. He never meant me to go through that. God hurt when I hurt. You need to understand that when you hurt, God hurts. But God is now making sense of, I'm like, how did I even go through that? And God spoke to me once and said, I hurt when you hurt, but if you give it to me, I'll give you a new life. God said, I can't give you childhood back, but I can give you a new life. I said, I'll take the new life because my option list was nil. So anyway, so God, even in time as I went along, I began one to realise, don't ever do that. Don't follow what my family did for generations. It was just pain, 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 through my dad, through my granddad, just don't follow it. So thank you, Lord. I'm learning there not to do that. But even how, you know, some of my dad's behaviour was so challenging that one day I had a revelation and went, wow. I kind of can see where people are at because I was so having to watch and learn where my dad was at on a daily basis due to his personality changes. And so I remember looking up to heaven one day and saying, thanks, dad, you've been a friend to my ministry. Thanks, dad, you've been a friend to my ministry. You're actually, God's now using this so that as a senior, as a senior pastor, I'm able to kind of have a good discernment uh, with people. So, and then I look forward to the day that I see my dad for the first time healed and whole because he had brain damage and fighting with iron bars and lost sight and all kinds of stuff. But I can see him healed and whole. But now I go, wow, Lord, what was just incredible confusion. Now you're turning around and you're using and you've even used for me to help with compassion with the children. God can take your mess and turn it into a message if you give it to Him. Give God your mess and He will turn it around. Romans 15, 13, everybody, the two things in life we're looking for. Number one, joy. Anybody like joy? Div's mother, she likes joy. (laughs) Who likes peace? Who needs peace? Anybody needing peace? Romans 15, 13 says incredibly, joy and peace are found in believing. Joy and peace are found in believing. Don't let the enemy take your believing. Don't stop believing. Hang on and start believing. For somebody, start believing because the Bible says there's joy and peace in believing. And believing doesn't always make things easy, it just makes things possible. Wow. Believing doesn't always make things easy. Sue and I have had to believe for things over years, you know, starting churches, <laughs> helping people, serving God. We're not from Christian families. We're not from Christian backgrounds. We didn't have parents who were like sewing into us at all. Sue and I, we were like God sewing so into us and sewing so into each other. We didn't have that, but guess what? We said, Lord, we're going to believe you now. Didn't make it easy, but suddenly impossible things were coming around in Jesus' name. By the way, everyone, if you have a fight break out when you start to become a Christian or start to serve God, or you start to step forward in something that you believe by faith God's called you to, don't be put off because the enemy fights the hardest when he knows you are closest to a breakthrough. The enemy fights the hardest. If you're a new Christian, you got to get some fight in your spirit because the enemy wants to stop your children and grandchildren serving the Lord. You better get some fight. Come on, you're going to have to get some fight in your spirit, in your prayer life. You're going to have to fight and declare and stand. And that's what Ephesians says. Having done all else, pray, fast, declare, then stand. Then stand, don't be moved. Don't be moved. I think the amount of people that would have had incredible breakthroughs in their lives if they just weren't moved. So don't move, don't move. Stand, I'm standing. I'm staying, I'm standing in Jesus' Name. And uh, also too, you know, many times a breakthrough looks like a breakdown. A breakthrough is a breakdown with a cloth over it. (laughs) A breakthrough is a breakdown with a smokescreen over it. I remember you saying, oh, I just can't do it. I can't go on. I'm going to have a breakdown <laughs> in the early, early years. I'd always be loud and say all that stuff. Sue would be quiet and say, and she'd be, and she'd say to me, just calm down. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. <laughs> but I'd be like, I'm losing the pot. Sue says, calm down. Just give it to God. And I'd be like, oh, this is the end. This is so bad. This is the end. This is the, anybody ever talk like that? Or is it just me? It's the end. It's the end. It seems like it's not the end. Yes it is. It's all right for you. Don't that's what we say next. Anyway, and then Sue'd say no, just stand still and praise God. Well, th- 3 months later I'd be like, well I'm I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. Wow. Well, I, how did that happen? I thought I'd be dead. Anyway, I'm not dead. I'm not insane. I'm not in the lockup. <laughs> well, I'm um, well done, God. Everybody, if you just stand still and just praise Him and just thank Him, you'll find that you'll break down in three months if you shut up <laughs> on the inside to yourself and on the outside to people. Why you speak to you, listen Don't listen to yourself, speak to yourself. Praise God. Start to praise God. Then down the track, you'll break it through. You'll make it through in Jesus' Name. Belief in God includes belief in His timing. Don't be telling God, God, you've got to, December 1st. No, no, no. You need to say to God, God, this is what I'm believing for. But if you've got something better, not my will, Lord, be done, but yours be done. Don't give God dates and times. Let God give you dates and times. Lord, what do you want me to do? What's your timing on that, Lord? What should I do now? And sometimes you've got to go by just one hour. Sometimes we think, oh, what am I going to do the next week? God goes, go one hour at a time. What do I do this hour, Lord? Pray. Go in your bedroom, shut the door, quiet, pray, silence, wait on me or pray. What do I do in the next hour, God? Now get up and I want you to go and do this. Sometimes God will tell me, go and do that. Go to them. Tenacious House, where we have the recovery centre. God, I said to God, I don't know where we're going to start it. And God just said, go and wait on me and pray. And in my prayer time, He showed me a guy in our church and He says, go to him. So I went to him. And he's the one who now has provided the facility for Tenacious House from the beginning. Ask God what to do. What do I do in the next hour? What do I do in the next hour after that? What do I do in the next? And then you'll get to the next day, which is exciting to you. You get a bit further along. Psalm 106 Then they believed his promises and sang his praise. Then they believed his promises and sang his praise. Everybody, the Bible says there, they sang his praise, not my praise, not your praise. I believe God and then look what I did. (laughs) No, I believe God and look what He's doing and look what He will do. We're gonna play our part in entering into the promised land for our life. So here's a thought, do the very thing God and His Word are telling you to do. Do the very thing God and His Word are telling you to do. Belief is active. Now doing the very thing means at times you're doing things you don't wanna do. Sometimes God will say, in my Word, it's this. And you're like, oh, I don't like that. But if you do the thing God's Word says, that's where God moves. I just got interviewed by a pastor from the East Coast. He's talking to pastors who've been in ministry in Australia for 30, 40 years. They're doing some manual or some book or something. And he starts interviewing me. And then he's like, really? Because everything he asked me, he said, and did you want to do that? I said, no, I did not. He's like, oh, okay. You didn't want to do that. He said, what about the recovery centre? No. I told God, do it yourself. So at the end of it, he goes to me, Pastor Jared, you have been unique. And I said, why is that? He said, you're the only pastor who most of the time told me, I do not want to do it. I didn't feel like doing it. And he goes, and you were so honest. And then you ended up doing it all. He said, that's been very unique. And I thought to myself, am I the bad pastor and all the others are supernatural angels? And then I thought, no, they're probably a but anyway, no. <laughs> Listen, half the time, you guys, you'll think, oh, hallelujah. I don't want to do it all. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. When God said start the rehab, I said, start it yourself. I'm not doing it. And then down the track, the Lord's like, hey, I need you to do it. Just that still, small voice. No, could you do this? No. <laughs> could you do that for me, please? No, I don't want to. And then down the end, I go, oh, all right. Lord, you better do something with this. And he goes, don't worry, I will. Do the very thing God and His Word are telling you to do and belief is active in Jesus' Name. I love what C.S. Lewis said in Letters to Malcolm. He said, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. Relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. Romans 4, Bible says about Abraham, Abraham against all hope. He and his wife are about 100 each years old. Abraham in hope believed that he might have a child, so he'd become the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Wow. Everybody, belief changes how and what we see. But belief also changes what we speak. Second Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I believed, therefore I've spoken. I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So the Bible is saying, hey, if you believe God, speak out what He said. If you believe His Word, speak out His Word. Speak out what God has said, the miracles are there. We need to stop talking negatively about our situation and start talking about what we believe. Resist discouragement and start speaking of your future. Resist discouragement, resist it. Resist allowing it to set up house in your heart. Resist it and start speaking of your future. And thank God in advance. God, You're with me. God, You love me. God, You're for me. You'll know you have moved from your old position which is usually a position with fear to faith when your emotional turmoil is changing. I discovered my emotional turmoil on the inside was starting to change. And I could feel as I'd given it to God that the change was now coming from the inside and it was not being motivated by me. The the, the change on the inside was being motivated by God and the Holy Spirit. So no man could get the praise. I certainly couldn't get the praise. I was like, what's happening? But as I was saying, Lord, I'm giving You this and Lord, I'm agreeing with You and Lord, I'm actioning this, there was change now coming on the inside and there was peace coming to my heart that I could only explain God was bringing. Great mariners, everybody, people out in the water who are able to navigate the oceans have been trained in turbulent waters. They don't train great ocean captains and great ocean mariners on ponds. (laughs) <laughs> they train them out on deep, dark, turbulent oceans. So the, the worse the storm, the greater the calling. The more challenging the storm, probably the greater the ship that you will actually steer. So don't be put off by turbulent waters. And also to some of the things or some of the people that we have blamed, you have blamed, I have blamed, people we've been angry with, May be the very people that help position you for your breakthrough inside and outside. Many times, the people who we think are our friends are just people we meet in the flesh. They're our Ishmael friends. (laughs) Help us produce more Ishmaels. (laughs) We get on well. But I need some people to help me produce an Isaac. all your friends Ishmael producers, you end up with stuff that you're not meant to have in your life, you end up with people you're not meant to have in your life. God's got Isaac people and Isaac situations. But some of the people I thought my friends were keeping me in the past and people who I was like annoyed with, some of the people I've been really annoyed with over, you know, some different seasons of my life. If I look back, some of them are the key people that push me into my destiny. But at the time, I was angry. At the time, I was unhappy. But in actual fact, God used them to push me towards Him, number one, number one, number one, and then push me towards my destiny. In Jesus' Name. Wow. And we never understand the great miracles, too, until we step out onto water that usually, like Peter, is turbulent. But if God's saying, come, come. Last couple of thoughts. Ecclesiastes 10. It says this, everybody. If, the, if you have someone come against you, a challenging c- situation, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, stay at your post. Stay standing. Stay at your post. Don't bail when it's tough. Don't bail when it's something's difficult. Stay at your post. Most Christian leaders who end up worth their salt are ones who could have bailed, but they stood. And they stayed. And now through that experience, the process of that has changed them and they've become a different person. And, uh, and you know, and I'll watch pastors, you know, uh, people that I mix with, sometimes they're doing church life because it's working for them. I like this. I like that. I like the beach. I like this. That is not the question for any Christian or any pastor. The question is, where did God call you to? Where did He call you to? Then stay at your post, and I love it. It says, calmness allays great offences. Calmness allays great offences. Luke 17 says, it's it's impossible that offences won't come. Everybody, why do Christians think that you never have an offence? What is that about? I am offended every time I go to McDonald's and there's two cars in front of me and they're looking at the McDonald's board for 15 minutes each. I wanna get out of the car and say, you know what's on the board? It's chips and burgers, (laughs) one with two patties, one with one, anyway. And I have to say, Jesus, help me now, help me now, help me now. Then they're staring at the board for a long time. And I'm like, Lord, I'm in a hurry. And the Lord's saying, this lovely two cars in front of you are teaching you something. (laughs) Everybody, calmness allays great offences. If you start on the offence trail, Do you know, being a pastor, you could be offended every hour of your life, every day of your ministry till Jesus returns. You could be. You could be for the rest of your life. But you have to choose every day. Lord, there's my offenses. There's my difficulty. Calmness allays offenses. And then you have to say, Lord, help me to stay in my post. Help me to stand at my post. Stay where I am in Jesus' Name. By the way, (laughs) I'll be here when you're gone. Why? Because I need to stay at my post. God called me to Perth, said, Sydney, it's been good. Door shut. Stay here. Stand here. Stand and stay at your post in Jesus' Name. Okay, last thoughts. Success is not based on numbers, connections, appearances, ministering to famous people or fame. It's found in loving obedience to Jesus and His plan. I love what 1 Thessalonians says. Oh, hang on. Okay, last thought. Things you have made so all-consuming now, you'll probably not care about in the future. Things that you've made all-consuming right now just consumes you right now. In five or 10 years' time, you will not even care about it, the situation, or maybe those who impacted you. I've realised now things upset me in my 20s that were so all-consuming. In my 30s, I was like, why did I even think about it? In my 30s, I was like, oh, sorry, in my 40s, things that happened in my 30s, I'm like, oh, that's not even important. Everybody, we give far too much time and attention to things that in the next few years, you're like, why was I even thinking about that? Why did that have my time and attention? Give God your time and attention in Jesus' Name. 1 Thessalonians 4 says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus, uh, sorry, will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in Him. I love that. Those who've fallen asleep in Christ, they will come with Jesus when He returns. Then in 1 John 5, whoever believes, believes in the Son of God, accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made Him out to be a liar because they've not believed the testimony God has given us about His Son. Everybody, what is that, what is that testimony about His Son? God's testimony about His Son is that Jesus is the only way. He's not part of the map. He's not part of the road map. In John fourteen six, Jesus nailed it. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but to me. John 14, 6. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but to me. Jesus nailed it for all time. And by the way, if you and I could get into heaven by being good, Jesus would never have come. He would never have suffered. He would never have been persecuted. He would never have been whipped. He certainly would never have gone on the cross and died for us. That is letting you and I know the only way to salvation is the fact that God's only Son come and was offered up Himself on the cross. If you today put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you ask for His forgiveness, like what happened to me 40 years ago, listen, your life will be changed. You'll find purpose, hope, meaning, forgiveness, and salvation in Jesus Christ. Come on, you'll find it in Him. So can I ask everybody right now to stand with me?